Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. My name is Chet. I am your host. And today we have a fun but kind of short interview. Um, I wish it could have gone longer, but I screwed up and got the time timing wrong and was 20 minutes late. And Mike had to leave um, to go do something after like half an hour, but or no, an hour, I mean. Um, <clears throat> anyway, it's Mike Carell. And we talk about the dystopia book, creating the dystopia book. And um, yeah, it was a great conversation. Great catching up with him and talking about the creation of this book, which I'm about to really finally start promoting and release to the public and all that good stuff. So I should have a link in the description um, by the time this podcast episode comes out. Uh, I think it's chetzar.com slash dystopia with a five, I believe is, is yeah, that's it. And there's a, a page on there with a link to the big cartel. You can just go to chetzar.bigcartel.com too. It's on there. And for the rest of the month, I'll be having it on sale. And after June, it's going up to full price. Um, I've sent out 200 and I just sent out 250. I got out to 250 from the Kickstarter. Still waiting to hear back from people, having trouble getting in touch with everybody, but I will get them all out at some point. But I got to start shipping these and selling these because um the shipping from the kickstarter is just really kicking my ass uh it's a lot of money but you know that story i've told it a million times anyway so mike's mike's coming up next and uh we had a really fun conversation so hope you enjoy that uh let me think what else is going on not too much i've just still working on tool poster doodles and uh custom jobs and working on the zombie death bots and starting a few commissions i'm just you know as as if you're a regular listener you know that this is my year once again this is my year to try and catch up on everything so i'm really taking no new work on as much as possible uh and uh you know making progress but uh, yeah, I'm about to start these zombie death bots and um, they'll be on my Patreon. If you want to check that out, it's chetzar.patreon.com. You can join for as little as a dollar a month. And um, if you join at the $5 and up level, you can get entered to get a free skull from the skull shop. That's S-K-U-L-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. And you can see... This is one of their skulls, really awesome. So every month we're gonna do a drawing out of a hat. Everybody at the $5 and above level gets a chance to win a skull. And I still haven't heard back from our first winner, which is Jennifer Steck. Jennifer Steck, if you're out there listening to this, you have a skull waiting, waiting to ship to you. So respond to my email. I'm going to try PMing you uh, in Patreon as well. And you, you won the contest. Um, I guess that's it. Like I said, it's kind of a shorter episode, only an hour interview with Mike. And and uh, oh, and there's no, no new subscribers this month. So we're not going to read off the new subscribers. But if you do want to support 
the Dark Art Society podcast, you can go to um, uh, patreon.com slash darkartsociety and join for as little as a dollar. But I already said that, didn't I? <laughs> I'm trying to fill space because there's not a lot going on this week. But the interview with Mike is great. It's really good. Uh, really fun. It was great chatting. So here are the inside scoop on dystopia all in one episode. Uh, we might do a, a part two because I felt like it should have been longer. Um, but I think we covered every, everything. Anyway, let's just get on with it. Um, yeah, nothing much new to talk about. So let's just get on with the interview. Here we go. Talking dystopia with Mike Carell. Hope you enjoy it. What's up, Mike? <laughs> hey, Chad, how are you? This is the fastest interview that ever came together because I, I, I was so late and we just started. And literally, normally we talk like half an hour before we do an interview. Yeah, we said nothing except for hello. Yeah, basically. And sorry, I was late. Um, yeah, my computer was logged out, so I didn't get the message. and I didn't check that, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. The usual. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, so you only have an hour, so so uh, we should just get into it. We'll just launch right into it. Yeah. yeah. So we're doing this with no video, so I'll have to make this special to put it on YouTube. Um, I don't even know if anyone's watching the YouTube videos, to be honest, because I'm not really promoting it, but because Mike has uh, bad internet. So um, we're just doing audio podcast. And today we are talking about creating dystopia. Yeah. It's been the a book. long time coming. Yeah. Yeah. The book, the nightmare of my <laughs> life, the nightmare of my adult. No, the light nightmare of my middle-aged life. That's what I'll call it. <laughs> Well, and hopefully now that it's that that however many hundreds of copies are in people's hands, it's inspiring nightmares in other people's lives as well. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've shipped out almost 250 of the 600 that we sold, like 620 or something. I don't remember what the number is, but um, something like that. And I started shipping out the pre-sales that I sold to help with the shipping costs. Cause that was another nightmare, but um, uh, everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. I've not heard any criticism whatsoever. Like people are stoked and that's after waiting five years. So yeah, that says something. Yeah. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Mike wrote all the text in the book and it's so good. And I, every time I talk to someone about the book, they say how beautiful it looks and how cool it is. And I make sure and tell them, read the text, read the text, because it's like the text of the book is so important to understanding what the whole project is all about. And it's so well written. It's just perfect. So I was so happy with the way the text came out. Um, well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pleased with it, too. It was a, such a strange process, which, of course, we'll kind of walk them through yeah. the whole entire evolution of it from <clears throat> inception to completion and, and so many years also that passed with work or then no work, you know, cause for me, right. I, I did, I kind of fast and furious did a bunch of work on it. And then there was a very long period of time where I would, nothing was required of me. Right. And then there was another fast and furious period. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, I guess we'll start out saying, uh, let's see, uh, you know, 
the I guess the very beginnings, the earliest origins of this book are me hearing people saying, well, first, first of all, everybody knows this already, but in case you don't, the book is like a field guide. It's called Dystopia, uh, a field guide. What is it called? <laughs> like, what's it called? It's, it's called Dystopia with a five, a field guide <laughs> to the dark universe. Of a, that's right. That's right. Okay. So, um, so this is why uh, he, this is why he keeps me around. Because I can remember <laughs> the title of the book. I could have looked it up. <laughs> well, here I am. No, it's so. so true. It's so true. It's like all my friends. I choose friends that have good memories because I have the terrible memory. I mean, it just works out that way. But um, so I, I think the, yeah, so it's a field guide. It explains what dystopia is, which is this universe I've been painting for the last 20 years or so, what the characters are about, what the, what classes of in society they live in, whatever. It's like, yeah. you know, this and that, the, the whole, the, everything we know of the world. And the, the, I would say that the beginnings of that were just, you know, uh, early on in my painting career, people would always tell me that these creatures look like they're related. They look like they're, they come from the same place. All the mm -hmm. paintings look unified, like it's another dimension. And I think that's really, because I never thought of it like that. I always thought of it as like my paintings, I just paint them and that's it. It's like, that's it really. Um, and, and, you know, with trying to keep uh, a co cohesion to them, you know, because I could do abstract and realism. I, I could, you know, I could paint all kinds of different things if I wanted to, I suppose. But it's really more about trying to create a body of work and be you know, cohesive body work and um <clears throat> next the next thing i remember hearing was christopher ulrich saying you got to do like a book like a dungeon master's guide or you have to do a book of all your characters he i think he's the first person that ever said anything to me directly like that mm -hmm. and um you know that got me thinking about Barlow's Guide to Extraterrestrials, which was also the inspiration for this book, which is a, a kind of a field guide to all these science fiction aliens and stuff in literary and movie history from like 1980 or something. And that was a huge book for me when I was a kid. And, um, and I got him to write a little forward or intro, or I think it's a forward to the book. Yeah, which forward. Is, yeah, which is awesome. Amazing. He was so cool to do that. So anyway, um, that's like the earliest beginnings. So why don't you um, come in with your take on, on how it started for sure. you? Well, for me, I mean, you know, obviously we were working on, I like to paint monsters and, and I'd been making this documentary about you for, and it, you know, that process went on from, I mean, if you go all the way from the beginning, from, from when we first were kickstarting it in September 2012 at Keystone, Colorado, 10,000 feet up there at that tattoo convention, then it's like 2012 until it was released in 2016. So it was a four-year-long process. Right. And in 2016... Which it's on, Tubi, it's on Tubi streaming for free, by the way. I like yeah, Fake Monsters right? is streaming for free on the Tubi app. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so you should watch it. Yes. It's free. And it's, all you have to do is watch commercials. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. So we, you know, we, when you, when you look at it in, in the chronology of it, you know, that film was being released March of 2016, which is when we were fundraising dystopia. So we had, you know, the, the process of, of, of dystopia 
coming about was really kind of happened in tandem with I Like to Paint Monsters for me. Right, right. Because as I was discovering more mm-hmm. about your work and discovering more about who you are as an individual, you know, the, inevitably I became more and more curious about, you know, what's the greater schema? And, and one of the questions I often would like to ask Chet is what lies outside the frame? You know, what's, what is there that's above and beyond what we're just the snapshot we're looking at. But I think really for me, all of it, even I like to paint monsters and I've said this before, but it's true. goes back to the simple fact that when I saw the painting pipe dream in 2010, when I first got on Facebook, you know, my first experience with Facebook, I saw the, the, the painting pipe dream and I have seen that exact creature, that exact being in dreams when I was a kid, except for it didn't have a five on the eye. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing that was different. But aside from that, it, it's literally identical. And so when I saw that painting, it, you know, peeled my cap back because I was like, okay, wait, who's this person who clearly is painting something that I've seen in dreams and as, you know, as fantastical as my thinking gets at times, <laughs> it's still hard to uh, accommodate that I could be seeing something verifiable that someone else is seeing verifiably in their imagination and also in mine. Was, right? it, was, I mean, it, was it something that you saw and then remembered the dream and like, oh, I've seen that before? Or was it something that you remember from a dream and then saw it and like, rec- you know what I'm saying? It was more like I, I, I didn't have a recollection of it until I saw the painting of it. Right. And then all of a sudden I was like, dude, I've seen that exact thing. And I, and it, like, I saw the environment it was in. I hmm. saw like I had seen it in a dream. And because I've always had weird dr- dreams right. about uh, monstrous creatures in weird uh, parallel dimensions. And so I, I know I've seen it. And so that was one of the that was really the main motivation behind discovering more about you as an artist and then getting motivated to making a film about you. And then, of course, wanting to to do this field guide with you, because, as you said, you know, Ulrich brought it up. You and Ulrich and I, I know you had already talked with him about it, but he, he, you had a meeting with he and I. Um, at the Ratskeller and we all oh, talked right, about right. dystopia then. And I think that was kind of really where that was kind of the tipping point of like, should we really make this into like a Kickstarter project? And that right. was while I was on a shoot for, I like to paint monsters. That's the whole reason I was even out in LA right then. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. So and- go ahead. No, I, I, I just, I, I want to make sure we get into uh, You can keep going, but I just want to make sure we get into how, the book was written because it's really yeah, un- yeah. unusual. I think it's, is... I don't think any book has ever been written this way. Honestly, I, I can't, I've never heard of a book being written this way. Sure. Sure. Well, and this is a segue to it. I, I'm, I'm okay. getting there. So, okay, good. So good. The, the whole thing is, is that I always believed and told you over and over and over throughout our relationship that you were painting a verifiable place and that it was clearly verifiable because I have seen exact creatures from the place independent of having ever known you it was way before i knew you we're Mm -hmm. talking like when i was in my single and double digits so and i kept kind of leaning on you that it was a real thing and that it was a real thing and that it was a real thing and you have a really are you know as i think anyone would had a really hard time accommodating that as well like no it's not i'm just well imagination (laughs) i'm just painting these weird things and i get it and it's a little yeah and and what is real you know is the other question as well imaginal realms you, you know, if you're talking like imaginal realms are real dimensions, then I'm on board for, with it. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. And I, and I and do, so, and I do believe that kind of in a weird way. I, I do believe it anyway. It's a long story. And I think you, I think you, that was part of this whole thing coming about though, was that you, you mm-hmm. were like, okay, well maybe, maybe, you know, I don't think you ever were like, yeah, I believe that. But you were like, maybe 
it is. And, and the only way that we could really pursue that would be to basically look at your paintings as the evidence and right. say, okay, if we're going to do a field guide and we're going to approach this like anthropologists and we're going to say, okay, we really want to do a study because both you and I are fascinated with the concept of what's real, what's fictional, what's imaginal, you know, how do we, how do we experience each other in the greater world? Is it only through this physicality or is it through mm. energy as well? And, you know, and so I think inevitably we both, we, we struck on the idea of, well, let's treat this like, okay, we want to discover more about these creatures and we're treating them like they are real beings. And right. the evidence of them are these paintings that you've produced. And the idea, really the crux of it was for me to interview you as I had been doing, but to ask you questions about, so this painting, and I made a huge list of them, it was like 196 paintings or something. Yeah. And we just started <laughs> going through them and I would just interview and say, hey, so what's, you know, what is this, what does this being look like? Did it, what's their body look like? What's, what's outside the frames? What's the environment? What kind of clothes are they wearing? What and are just they doing? Question. Yeah, what are they doing? <laughs> Why are they there? And the weird thing is, of course, I think is what we really discovered was that there was times where you knew nothing and you were like, I don't know. But more often than not, you knew a lot and you knew a lot more than you even realized you yeah, knew. And that was and the weird thing. For surprised. Me. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was a trip for me to get interviewed about a painting because I never thought about them after I painted them. I never really thought about it while I painted them. I have this very specific way of painting that's very intuitive and i just it's important not to think about it for me it's important just to focus on the aesthetics and the feeling and the vibe and just tune into this thing that feels like it's guiding me in a way it's hard to explain but yeah when, once you, that was the thing for me it's like you started interviewing me and you know at first i'm thinking like i don't know what you know <laughs> what he's gonna what he's gonna dig out of me i can't i couldn't imagine it really and then i started realizing like oh i know this it was it's you know what it was like it was like discovering i had synesthesia and realizing mm. that words had flavors all my right. life and i just never thought about it for 30 right. years or 40 years i think it was 40 when i figured that out or something like that mm -hmm. and it was like oh shit that's so weird to verbalize something you've known for so long and yeah. uh, and so when you started interviewing me it was like Oh yeah, that's that. Oh yeah, that's that. Oh yeah, that guy's doing that. That person's doing that, or that creature's doing that. And you and knew right away. I mean, yeah, was and it was clear. What was fascinating yeah. to me was that I, as an interviewer, I could tell if you were, you know, just making it up right, or not, and right. you weren't. And so it was. It really became, I think, uh, a process and kind of an anthropological study, although you know, not yep. dealing with hominids clearly. And so we were like really trying to see what how much can we discover and how much and how can we sort all this information because that was the other I think key component in that was like we were getting all this information but then how do you sort and organize it in such a fashion to make sense out of it because you have to start labeling things mm -hmm. and then also which is where like I really needed you're the making help. up you know like at <laughs> yeah. first you'd be like oh I hate that but that's I gotta call it something so we'll just call it that for now right know? right right but most of it was like they had names they just hadn't it hadn't you know it's like the 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 labels were kind of clear i think and mm -hmm. it was like you just call them that a few things i wasn't i was foggy about um but and you know we just kind of came up with terms for them but um if i you know i also wanted to add too that if people think it's weird um in case they don't know your all your work mike uh you know having you write the book 
that's the thing. It's Mike's a writer before a filmmaker, before anything. That's like Mike's main thing. I think as an artist is, is your writing is, I would your, agree. is your writing skill. And it's like, and, and Mike's a great writer, really great writer. So um, it just seemed like, you know, it's not like uh, Mike made a documentary about him. So I'm going to have him help me write this book. It was like, <laughs> no, Mike's also, you know, a really brilliant writer. So it just makes sense that he would write this write the text for the book you know so um that 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 just in case people were wondering you know people don't maybe, sure, maybe don't sure. know because it's like you know people don't realize how much you've written how good of a writer you are and stuff uh, well, so thanks. it seemed perfect also you're the you know you're, you're just the perfect person having just you know kind of gone into my world for how many years four years or whatever it was right you see well and the- you'd never done i mean i don't even remember when i pitched the movie to you you were you were like oh, i mean yeah if you want to but i'm not <laughs> you know i'm not that interesting there's nothing really you know, i don't know what the hell kind of movie you're gonna make anyway you know? <laughs> and and i knew before you know because we're you didn't you you know we don't think about ourselves on those terms you yeah, have to, that's yeah. why we have other people yeah that wasn't so we can that reflect was, back off of. yeah that was an eye-opener for me that was totally yeah because then you realize and but then you've got this person who's all up in your you know your life too and and we're and and dealing with heavy duty shit i mean we're making a film about your life and you went through a lot of trauma as a young person and so you know when you're you're having to like discover kind of rediscover those things about yourself but also with this other person too Mm -hmm. so you end up having it's a very odd relationship i would say an intimate relationship out of the 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 documentary documentary subject and the documentarian you know yeah and so so i think that also augmented your ability to be able to be vulnerable and comfortable with me in the the you know the process of discovering what we could discover about it which i think maintains some of the purity of it because it's not like we weren't approaching. Uh, you weren't approaching approaching it like you were trying to impress me with anything, or I was trying to impress right. you because we had this relationship we'd already been developing. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that's a, yeah. I wanted to mention that too. It's like you knew me well enough too to know that I wasn't making the stuff up. It was like just yeah. coming naturally when you would ask these questions. That was that's another key component to it. But uh, I mean, the idea was basically taking the paintings. Mike interviewed me about the paintings. I told him what I knew for sure. I told him what I kind of knew. And I and other, other things were like, I really don't know. And so we use that as the basis of discovery of the world, of interpreting the world. And the stuff that the only stuff we included in the book was the stuff that I was for sure knew. Yep. And everything else was kind of tossed. And there was a lot of other, I'm sure you've got extensive yeah. notes of things that were kind of like, you know, maybe this is that. And it was more like me guessing or, or I wasn't just a hundred percent sure. And I would be curious to go back to all that stuff and, and see if some of the things I wasn't sure about, I'm sure about now, or if it's, you know what I mean? It's like, there's just so much material there. So, so in that way, and it was, it's funny to be doing this with this quote unquote, imaginary world that I've painted over the last 20 years, but um, it, it was like, it was our way of having integrity and truth to the project was mm-hmm. to only include the stuff that, <laughs> that that we knew for sure, which was just like this intuitive stuff that I knew, which is just weird. It's totally yeah. Well, weird. and the process was like really a discovery process too, because like you you know you said it, you, the, the word discovery is really appropriate because you know I would I would ask questions, you would have answers, you'd be surprised by your own answers. Inevitably, I'm surprised by all of the answers, right. or maybe <laughs> or maybe I intuited some of it too, and then we would like 
you know, get excited about it and start like right. really digging deep. And so we'd go down rabbit holes where we'd yeah, really yeah. be like, what is this about specifically, you know, right. yeah, and, and spend th- a bunch of time on, on very specific things in order to see how far they went and how much we could discover, you know, right. It was yeah. really exciting. It was really yeah. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Super fun process. And that, and that, that was part of the, uh, the, the, uh, um, the thing I had feel, felt like I had to be careful about is not to start making stuff up and start daydreaming about it and going, well, maybe this could be, this could be, it's like, cause it's, that's, that comes later. It's like the world has to be, I feel like the world had to be established and it's still, like I said, you know, uh, calling the book volume one, cause it's, it's volume one. I, I, I hope this becomes as much as I can't believe I'm saying this after the nightmare I've been through <laughs> over the last five years, I hope, that it, there, there's another volume, especially now that we've got the format laid out, it's going to be so much easier next time. And, oh yeah. Um, the first, I mean, when you're breaking ground on something like that, you don't, you know, cause we, I mean, and if people that have, are looking at the book now, maybe as you're, as you're listening to this or you've already seen it, or maybe you haven't seen it yet. Um, you know, we had to break it down to the point of like, what are the different types of beings, you know, like literally right. the types of them, because there, you know, you look at Chet's monsters, there's so many different kinds. But there are also, as he mentioned earlier, similarities uh, between them that are consistent, right. mm-hmm. certain ones of them. So we had to come up with a whole schema to be able to say, OK, how do we identify these things and how do we class them and how do we how do they how does this whole thing function? How do they interact with one another? Why do they interact with one another? Right. You know, and there's all of these deeper seated things. And, and like Chet said, it was so important, I think, to both of us that we maintain that integrity of it only being things that were just coming automatically and not things that we were getting off in our own fantasies about, right. you know, cause I would get excited about it too and start riffing with him and be like, Oh, what about this? What about that? Right. Right. You know, and, and I'm not the one, I'm not the, I'm not the medium here, you know, but, but at the same time I have an insider's outlook. So right. I could then lead you to think about things, but we didn't ever want it to become polluted in such a fashion right. that right. we were just like, Oh, well, we like this idea and this sounds cool. So we'll do this. Cause right. it's not about right. that. It was more about, channeling this information and getting it through and maintaining the posterity of it almost like we were we had almost like we were archaeologists yeah and we're going yeah. through this evidence and we're sifting through the you know and trying to sweep off the dust with the brushes as carefully as we can so that then we can reassemble these fragments into what it was and not what we think it was effectively. right 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 yeah and <clears throat> yeah so it was kind of like the the what was what was we what was considered truth maintaining integrity in truth was that i knew these things were what these things were about each painting that was that was considered truth and so we were were, um you know our our goal was to present the truth as accurately as possible i think you even put it in those somewhat in those words in the introduction Mm -hmm. which everybody who reads the book also if you if you if you just go, I, I I understand it might be tempting to go to the different characters and read about them. Read the introduction because the re, the introduction that Mike wrote sets it up perfectly. It explains how we did it, and and I really think it's essential. Normally, you know, a lot of introductions to books are just kind of like every, people skim past the introductions often. Yeah, but yeah. but it's I, I feel like this introduction is is super crucial to really understanding the book and and the whole project. Um, but, uh, uh, oh, what was I going to say now? 
uh, I, I, it had to happen. It had to it happen for, eventually. for old time's sake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I just, I just, it's because you're excited is all. Yeah, yeah. What's I, I you know, you know how I am. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> completely well, blanking the, out. The, it's okay. The reality, I had the a good reality point, is, I think that I'll, you'll just, you'll think of it as soon as I start yeah, talking I know, about it. I know. I, I, you know, the, the idea really, like you said, was, was to set it up in such a fashion that you could begin to interpret this world and you can start to understand that it's greater than the sum of its parts, you know, right. because oh. you can see, there it is. <laughs> I know what I was going to, what I was going to say was that I, I felt like, and I think you did this, felt this way too, is it's important to get all the facts what we were what we were judging as facts were what I absolutely knew for sure about the paintings. Those were our facts. Yep. And it, it's, it was important to get the facts down in this book or these next series, these volumes of dystopia book before stories can start being written about this world. And that's yep. kind of like another level that, you know, that that's that's also been the. Um, the goal all along as well whether it happens or not it doesn't really matter to me i mean it would be cool but i'm not you know i'm not like pinning all my hopes on it but you know a comic book series or series different stories from dystopia like a comic book uh you know the tv series the, the dream the netflix series right. or whatever especially yep. seeing seeing love death and robots which I, I don't think you've seen yet but man when you see it it's going to completely blow your mind you're going to be like, i haven't oh. You're gonna just trip out. You're gonna trip out. Well, and out. dystopia is like rife for for artificial reality. It's like yeah, it's yeah, so and v, yeah, and v, yeah, VR and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, and Love, Death, and Robots is mostly CGI, but mm -hmm. kind of like realism, and it's a continuation of. Um, it was originally going to be heavy metal, the, uh, a continuation of the heavy metal movie from the from mm -hmm. 1980, mm -hmm. which is based on that amazing comic book magazine, Heavy Metal, in the 70s and 80s. And um, and they just nailed it. They nailed it. And it's all just a bunch of different stories. And they're like 15 minutes and 20 minutes. It's so good. I can't believe it. And the, nice. and the, the CG is like, to me, it's like seeing that series made me think, oh, dystopia should be a CG series for sure. Right. Before, because, right. you know, we were talking like animated, right. uh, CGI, uh, film. But to me, after seeing that, it's like what what can be done now with CGI is like you, you could create the characters exactly like the paintings, whereas makeup effects would be a lot more difficult in a physical. Oh, yeah. Way world. more, way more. But, well, nowadays, I mean, dude, you know, because because we joy is really into video games. And that's one of the things that well, we, we both are entertained with it. I don't play them, right. but I watch her play them and yeah, I watch yeah, avidly. Yeah, so yeah. I will watch it like it's a movie and I will you know because i'm just that's that's how we, we roll but it's you know that is that's where it's at man it's like you oh, know yeah. that's this the other game thing, yeah. this <laughs> game that, that she was she's played this one game now four times and i've watched it every time it's called last of us part two. Oh yeah and fritz, last of fritz us plays that he says it's amazing it's, like, it's unbelievable like I mean, tear jerking like it dude, makes you so cry good. at the end <laughs> yeah it's so good it's so beyond and i've watched her i've watched four times now and it's it's that good every time wow, so they're wow. they're better than movies you know it's better than movies yeah, because yeah. it's so real and it you have all the elements of the film except for you, it's interactive and so you're making decisions so inevitably the suspension of disbelief is greater your ability to get into it and be fully immersed in it is is higher mm -hmm. yeah it's just it's off the hook so i i think again you know technology 
moving in the speed that it is with this kind of a project is limit limitless possibilities. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you that's, know? that's the cool thing. I'll, I'll get off love death and robots now, but the, the way that I think most of that stuff was created was using unreal engine, which is what all the video games are using that mm -hmm. like yep. you need the, as their a way of creating an environment that's hyper real and yep. it makes things so much easier. So it's like that technology is there and it's free. It's a free right. program until you make a million dollars, then you owe like a royalty. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, you know, not to mention the, and I'm not going to get uh, side step into NFTs, but now as a way of, aside from the crypto market, everything's crashing right now, but as a way to fundraise for something like that, using NFTs, an actual yeah. project. I mean, it's like dystopia is made for some kind of, you know nft project it's just like the technology's bursting with potential and this project is just finally done finally there yeah as much as well, it's, and it's go as, ahead. as much as it seems like uh this nightmare that took five years and was miserable uh it just it does seem like it kind of has dropped at the perfect time which we kind of knew even in the midst of all my misery i felt like it's that's it's still it's going the way it's supposed to go mm -hmm. <laughs> as much mm -hmm. as painful as it was to to try and see it that way i felt like that just like you've always said oh it's going to be huge it's going to be this big success like you were saying that from the very beginning it's yep. not yet but uh you know i think the potential is there for sure because it's just it's it's it's, I guess it's just a matter of getting the word out now because it's so good. It came out and I'm not just saying it because it's my stuff. I'm not saying my paintings are so good. I'm saying the book is so good. It's just like the documentary. The documentary is so good and it's not because it's about me. It's because it's a great documentary and I really feel like <laughs> I can judge it. I, you know, I'm very, it's, I really try and remain objective about things, stuff like this, when it, especially when it comes to judging art. And, and I feel like I'm not, it's not like I'm, I just don't feel, I feel like it's honestly great. And it's not because I'm, I think I'm great or anything. I just, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I do. Totally. <laughs> it's just totally. Great. It's just, great. I'm the first person to criticize my own work. And yeah, so, yeah, exactly. and like, I, I know that, I know that documentary is a great documentary because I, I watched it again several years after and, I made it. Yeah. And, and I was like, holy shit. I was like, dude, I have, you I, know, cause when you're that close to it, right. I mean, I, I bitched about that documentary every fucking viewing that we had to watch for that <laughs> film festival. So every time I, I bitched and I bitched and I bitched because I'd be pissed about this that was yeah, fucked right. up and I didn't lie. All the fucking red wasn't right, right. on this one plate and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, all this color correction nonsense no one cares about, you know. Yeah. But now with removed from it, having rewatched it, you know, I think I watched it a year ago and I was just like, whoa, it was like, damn. That's yeah. a, that's a really that's a good movie, you know. Yeah, and yeah. it stood it stood up still. I guess it's partly what was fun was that it was like years have passed, and it's still still fun. It's not like it's dated. There's no. Yeah, there, we, yeah. we were so careful in making it that it wouldn't couldn't really be dated, and right. so I really I love that it still resonated. And I was like, wow, who, who plus, made this movie? This is good. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and plus the uh, the um, the response is it's like you 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 know it's a good project and then you get the public's response 
And then, you know, it's a good project. You're like, okay, I'm not just being prejudiced for it. Right. Right. You know, cause it's well, like, and I hope, and I hope to see that with dystopia. I mean, I've had an intuition all along that it was going to be that, but you know, intuition's what it is. And it's not right. always right. Cause sometimes you mistake intuition for wants and, and hopes and dreams, right, you know, right, and, and those right. aren't always the same thing. So, yeah, I mean, I, one of the things I really like about dystopia that I think uh, I'm excited about now that I have, have the book in my hands because of course you know this is this ephemeral thing that i've been working on with you for you know seven years or something almost when it's all said and done yeah and so it's like you know to have it in my hands and to flip through it myself and to see it work as a referential field guide because one of the things that was important to me was that as you already noted not many people are actually going to sit down and read this thing front to back. It's Mm -hmm. not, it's just, it'll be the, it'll be an atypical person that does that. And so, you know, mostly what people are going to do is they're there for the art and they're going to open it up and and pick it up off the coffee table and oh look at this and that. But inevitably what I wanted was that if someone were to just open that, open it right now, if you have it, open it up, open it up to anything, open it up to one of the creatures. And inevitably, somewhere in the text, the little blurb in each of those creatures just has a tiny little explanation, most of them anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be a reference likely in there to another painting. Right. And you'll, and you'll be like, huh. And then if you go to the glossary in the front, you'll realize that all the paintings have the page number. So now you can just flip to that other, the other painting, that the one reference, and start reading about it. And then next thing you know, well, that one also has references to two other paintings. Right. So then when you start flipping around, next thing you know, you're bopping all over in this book. You're going back yeah, and forth. Yeah, and back and forth. I wanted it to be like an encyclopedia yeah, yeah, personally. Like a, yeah, you know, I yeah, wanted yeah. it to be a referential manual. And so yeah, I'm so, was... and now, and I'm using it that way. So I like, I pull it open. I'm like, oh, fuck, cool. Because I, you know, <laughs> this last bit we did, I mean, we haven't really talked about the whole process, but, yeah. you know, we we worked on writing it really hot and heavy, but then we, you know, years passed where Chet was just painting and creating more uh, artwork, more content for the book. And then we had to then write about, I had to write about all this stuff. And right. they were paintings I had not seen. I was, I was doing other things in my life. So I, I wasn't making a movie about Chet anymore. So I didn't know all this huge body of work he'd been doing. And so now it was like, we, you know, we were back in that same role doing what we'd done years ago where we had to start interviewing again and be like, well, I don't even know what this painting is. Here's the name, show it to me. I look at it, okay, start asking questions. Right. And so it's even for me now as a referential manual, when I go through it, right. I discover <laughs> things because I don't even barely remember writing half of this right. shit now, you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah, the, the the reference aspect was always super important. It's a reference book. The idea was it's an art book masquerading as a field guide or masquerading yep. as a reference book. Truthfully, it's both of those things. And I think that's what's cool about it. It's not one or the other. But um uh but 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 that was always like important. That's what that's why the 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 idea of the the icons for the different territories and the different characters is just so fun and so cool. And I think it's I love that stuff. I love it. So it's it's got that whole you know reference book feel to it while still you know you could just look at it as as an art book and not read anything and it's still beautiful and cool but um we should talk about the 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 production of the whole thing too because it was such a fucking nightmare and so it's like on one hand it was so inspired it was divinely inspired and it was like hell at the same time (laughs) well yeah i mean uh because it but at first it was really exciting. Right? I know, because I we know. Were like, right. you, you came out to New Mexico because we got money to do research on it. So you came out to New Mexico 
and we like right. worked i mean dude we were digging man mm-hmm. we were like digging on what's the deeper because what, what that whole trip was like let's figure now that we know all this stuff well some of what we knew let's figure out what's like the deep deep seated uh, uh functionality of this world how is it actually working how do the interlopers interact with black magic how does black magic right. interact with creep yeah, you who know, are the good guys this, who are the bad what guys is this you know? yeah what the fuck's going on here above and beyond all the details we've uncovered you know yeah and that was i thought that was a that as well as the trip where i came out and we went down to the salton sea and, and, and part of that was also referential. You were shooting pictures and photography to use as reference. You know, we were going right, to cemeteries right. and abandoned yep. locations and mountains and, you know, dead seas with mm-hmm. dead fish everywhere, you know, yeah, yeah. all the things, you know. But the, I really felt like we were we discovered stuff that no one even still doesn't know about because oh, yeah, we discovered that, things yeah. that, are, that aren't even in this book. You yeah, know? yeah. That's the thing. It's like a long in tandem of this field guide being written a clear even though it's not um, polished in any way, but a clear mythology developed mm-hmm. is cl- clear, like who's the good guys, who's the bad guys, what is this place, what are the goals of the bad guys, what are the goals of the good guys, this and that. Kind of like a story was developing, but it's like we couldn't include it because that's not no. for this book. That's for the future. That's for the comic book. That's for the movie. That's for the TV show. That's for the VR game, whatever. Right. So, so there is like a story there um, full of, again, like things that are <clears throat> clear and true for sure. Right. And, you know, and it's still rough and loose, but it just developed naturally out of discovering the world uh, in the same way. It's like, what does this mean? What do you know for sure? It's like that, you know, it wasn't like thought up. It was like, Mm-mm. you know, based on the artwork, it's like the paintings tell the story and, uh, the, the the you know the paintings tell of the world but they also tell of a story mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so it, i almost imagine possibly in the future filling in the gaps with new paintings but taking yeah. you know, as, as de- developing a story but again that's down the line who knows who knows where it's going but the the you know what happened with the process of creating the book and really why it took so long was um we you know we started off strong Mike was writing a bunch and then we hit a point where I had to, I couldn't conceive of it visually. It was the weirdest. It's like one of the few times I've had a serious block in my life. I could not see it. I couldn't see the book. I couldn't see how it would be categorized. I couldn't see how the chapters would be. I just couldn't visualize it. I couldn't do it. And it's like, Mike did everything he could. writing wise and even organizing he did all this organizing it's like the my weak points are organizing and writing text really um that was so crucial to to making this book and it was something that you know i don't think i could have done uh unless i just don't see how it would have been possible with my life uh or my skill (laughs) set um but i couldn't see it and so you know, I was trying so hard to see it and it was just killing me. And then on top of that, I had to keep earning money to yep. make a living, you know? So then I would get sidetracked and I, I'd get to a point where it's like, oh, I can almost see the book. I'd be like printing pages out and, you know, draw sketching and trying to figure out how the book would look. And then I would get pulled away because I had to sell a bunch of stuff to make my 
money for the month. And then that would turn into two months and that would turn to three months. Then I get back to it, completely forget where yeah. I was with, with the process. Yeah. And it was like that for, I don't know, three years or something. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, or two years, I don't remember how long it took, but then there was a point and then Mike was just like kind of waiting on me. Cause there's nothing he could really do. He was trying, he kept trying to, he kept trying to <laughs> offer things to help, but it's like, it just was not happening. No matter no, it what had I to did. run its course. It was, yeah. there was this whole other process that we don't really fully understand going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for sure. Really for sure. Another yeah. Thing. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but there was a point when I don't remember even, you probably remember how I it do came remember. about. Okay. You tell me then, because there was a point where it just clicked. And yeah, I don't know if it was from printing out all of the paintings and 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 taping them together into a book form, or I don't remember what how it happened because I kept trying to do that, and then at one point it just clicked. So maybe yeah. you can come in and, and yeah, I don't I, now tell I'm me. not sure, I'm not sure <laughs> how exactly for you it clicked, but I remember when it clicked because of what was going on in my life at the time. Because by the time that it clicked for you, we were it was it was 2020, it was 2020. It was in the middle of COVID mm -hmm. and we were in over on the East coast because it was right between when we left North Carolina and went to Tennessee. And so that places it like, right. you know, right around July, almost, almost this exact time, this exact time of year, but <laughs> in 2020. Funny. So right. two years ago. And it was, it, I was, I remember when you first hit me up because I was working with Tim Gore at the time. And I was over and, and we were at Leonard Farm in North Carolina and we were and I was working with Tim and you got a hold of me and you were like, you were like so excited. You were like, I fuck yeah, I get it. I totally understand. It's all happening. And I was like, you know, and I was at first almost like skeptical, like lackluster. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure you do. You know, sure you get it, yeah, buddy. Right. You know, and not to be a dick, but it was like it had been so long that it was like, yeah. Is, is and, he ever and other and other times where I was like, oh, I think I almost got it. You know. Yeah, yeah. And so you, but you were like you, and it was evident that you did because you started doing. You had this whole mock-up thing, and you were like, I want to make these sigils. Mm -hmm. And you were and and you were asking me all these questions for the first time, like it was like the roles were reversed and you were asking me questions. You were like, so how does this go with this? Oh, yeah, that's that? right. At that point, I completely it's like you were the archivist of that world and knew all of the technical information. Yeah. And so it was like I was going to you to, to tell me what territory this character belonged to, because I yep. had like forgotten about it. You know, yeah, it wasn't it yeah. wasn't cemented in my mind because I just don't you know, for one thing, I don't really operate that way. I'm not good at that kind of information, really. But um, uh, yeah, so I was asking you, it's like, OK, so which character, which area is this on the map? Right. And, you and know? it would be it would be different, like as you were working through your full like comprehension of the book you would you know you would be like oh okay i'm working on the environment right now and you right. you started to figure out in your mind like how to organize it in your own mind because all the it was all the organization had been done mm -hmm. it was just a matter of you visualizing and conceiving it and so you when you got to environment like you said you'd be like okay so now where is no man's land compared to doom's land and right yeah how yeah. does dysphoria sit around that and i and of course you know because of the way my memory works i was like oh well it's like this and this mm -hmm. is you know doom's land's the upper ridge area that's around no man's land it's in the middle and then there's ground zero in the center of that yeah. and, you know and i 
because I knew all of it. And I remember even like, I was like, Oh, Hey, remember we, uh, we made, I made like uh, we made yeah. that crappy old map. And yeah. so I started sending you the like old files that I had from emails that were like four years earlier. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah. You just started like clicking and then you got a hold of Dos Diablos and you were like, I want you to help me come up with these, you know, with these, I get this iconography to go with it. And then yeah. Mackie was getting involved and she was, you know, started throwing us all these different drafts. And then yeah. you were like, oh, I want to add all these other paintings so that it's going to be a 500 fucking page well, book. Well, okay. No, no. It'll weigh like 10,000 <laughs> no, pounds. No, no, no. I'm just that's joking. not. <laughs> that's not how that happened. That's a funny story. It I've is. Said it, I've happened, said it. It is funny. I've said it uh, uh, on the podcast before, so people may have heard it, but that's the funny part of it. One of the, and it's really one of the auspicious things. It's one of the cosmic synchronicities in a way i think it's what it, it's one of those happy accidents and what happened was <clears throat> i think what ha- how i finally saw it was i printed out all the pictures and i started kind of like taping them together on paper and putting it as a book so that i could look at it because like mike said he had it all in written you know it wasn't like this this page is the introduction and then have that and then this page is the table of contacts and that and then have this bottle this is category one blah blah it was more like all the information was there and it just needed to be kind of organized which really was like you know mackie mackie's job to kind of design that but i needed to have like some kind of vision of it just something well because you couldn't even see the way that the components were yeah together. i couldn't you see kept getting just pulled could, away from yeah 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 and i couldn't i could, i just couldn't visualize it for some reason and so. then you, there was that day where you were like i mean it was amazing for me i was i did finally have like triumph i remember telling you we had just we boogied out of north carolina we were actually at a at a, a rv park waiting to go to tennessee and we had just left and gone to this right, RV park because right. we just wanted to get the fuck out of that leonard farm because we were so unhappy with it right and we boogied out of there we were just there for two or three days and you were so pumped because you were like i totally get how it all works and <laughs> yeah. how this is you know and, and why the creepler this way and that they relate to you know how the because a big part i think what you were running into is you would get the types and the classes confused and so yeah you didn't, yeah, you, yeah you had had a really it was like a stumbling yeah. block you yeah. just couldn't quite and and then you had this moment where you realized, okay, the types are like anatomically and, and right. physically what they are. And the classes are the way they fit into the echelon of society and the way they, you know, right. interface with one another, whether they're higher class or lower class, effectively speaking, just with fancy right, words that right, we came right, up with, you know. Right. And you had that moment where it gelled. And I was so mm-hmm. I was elated too, because I was like, thank God. Yeah, finally. Finally sees it, you know. And it was <laughs> and it wasn't like any fault of your own. It just that whatever that was the magic concoction that you finally got it and then it meant we could really get to work because it yeah, was like yeah yeah now we can i mean dude because i'll tell you the actually the hardest work i did was in the last three months oh yeah and that was because i had to go through and, and... yeah and make sure it wasn't fucked up because mm-hmm. it's it, we were changing everything so we'd gone through and taken this body that i'd created and then we just started adding all of these new creatures we started adding new, you know, new, new information about creatures that already existed. Right. We started realizing that certain classes were wrong and that you right, know, all right. these things were, were not right. So we had to basically recalibrate the entire thing, but it was an existing body of text. And so what that meant was 
I couldn't drop a dime. I had to make sure that every fucking thing was perfect and it didn't get screwed up because there it was screwed up. It was screwed up all over the place. Right, we right. The whole entire thing. Yeah. Because yeah. now we were introducing drones. We didn't have drones right. before. We had all these new classes. We had new types. Mm-hmm. We had all this shit going. Yeah, on. like three years of or four years of paintings worth. You know that yeah, brought all this yeah. new information in. And so <clears throat> once we got started, Mackie, who was Mackie Osborne, who is the uh, graphic designer, did an amazing job. She started Incredible. sending. Yeah, she started laying things out, blocking things out and sending us back um pages to to look at you know do you like the the vibe of this do you like the way this is going and we make tweaks and it's like yeah and then we settled on a style that we really liked and then um uh uh <laughs> my screw up is is i she was sending <clears throat> pdf documents i've told the story before but i feel like i should mention it because it's so funny um i've never heard you tell the story because uh, I, I don't i don't listen to podcasts so <laughs> i probably talked to you about it but she it's like i was looking at the page count based on the pdf file format and one page is two pages of the book <laughs> <laughs> so i'm seeing like <clears throat> 80 pages and i'm like shit that's short actually that's 160 pages and it's like i wasn't <laughs> putting two and two together and i was thinking okay we got to get to 120 pages or whatever it was 100 i don't remember what it was but it's like yeah you had some some goal yeah some goal in mind and because i was like it has to be as long as black magic at least and black magic was (laughs) you know 120 pages or something i don't know something something like that so i kept like saying okay well i have all these new paintings and we have all this new information so we're going to keep adding to it until it hits 120 pages or whatever that was and then by the time we were done, right at the end, I realized, oh, shit, it's two pages per page. I told you. I remember I was the one that told you because I was sitting over here in the same place we're at now <laughs> in Southern California. And I was looking through the thing and I was and I was talking to Joy and I was like, this book is just it, it's gotten so huge. I don't even know. Like, it just seems so large. It's like, does he, I, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't realize, yeah, you know, and I, I said something to you. I was like, you do realize that. <laughs> You need to look at the page numbers on the actual pages, not on the PDF file. And you were like, what? You were like, you want to be far? Are you fucking so kidding stupid. me? You were so like, how we can't even undo this now? It's yeah, at this point, yeah, it was too far. It would have been more work to undo far. it. But yeah. but it ended up being the best thing possible because for everyone waited five years. Yep. Everyone yep. except me. <laughs> because it was like, <laughs> ended up costing so much more money because then oh, Mackie had to do way more work. Yeah, people were buying a 120-page book five years ago that turned out to be a near 400-page book five years later. So you include inflation as well as all the work that it made to make a book that's three times as long as the original. Yeah, not to. there's so much. The cost of shipping, because the COVID went up, like doubled. The cost of, there was Trump's tariffs on Chinese products, which raised the price. It cost like $7,000 just to have them shipped, which should have been like 2,500 bucks. And um, the cost of printing went way up, like everything went way up. So, you know, I'm selling the books for right now on the website. I'm I've have them for pre-sale for 75 bucks. And after I probably at the end of the month, I'm going to put it at its regular retail cost, which is $95, yeah. which is still cheaper than it should be because I went and I checked, I looked at all the, um, the expenses, how much it costs to print them, how much it costs to pay Mackie, you, 
everything. And it was, it, and it works out to be like $50 a book. That's how much this book costs to produce. That's not even yeah. paying, paying myself. The book anything. itself. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> it's what like a, people don't realize. It costs $50 to have it made. So it's like, it's not even, I'm not even like, it should be a $120 book or something. Yeah. He so should big. be making it. Anybody that works and it works in this market understands it's at least a 50% markup. Right. Not at least a 50% markup. So it's like, but, and the book, once you hold it, I mean, again, cause it's, it's like, so I, can, I can toot my horn all I want about like, oh yeah, the writing and the organization, Ooh, fancy, fancy. But the reality is, the book is an art piece. I mean, when you hold that book in your hands and you feel it, it's a grimoire, you know, it's like, yeah. it's so thick and it's so well-made. And that's the other thing. It's yeah. like, it is such a beautiful book. I, I've honestly, I've never held a book that was that fancy, except for I held a really fancy Bible one time. It was, almost, <laughs> it was nice as that. But I mean, that's, I'm telling you, it's like, it's so, so well-made. It's yeah, such the, a well-made book. Yeah, the, the uh, uh, global, oh, what's the name of the Glo global, global PSD. PSD. Yeah, they did yeah. an amazing job. And they they even like were, were like, there was some things on the Black Magic book. They're like, this isn't the best way to do this cover page, this open page in here because of this technical thing. It can stick or rip. It's like they, they made that sure that the book, because they really wanted to work with me, which is another weird thing. They... When we did the Kickstarter, they hit me up to publish mm. the book or print the book because mm. they saw it on Kickstarter. And I was like, yeah, OK, whatever. You know, I just wasn't thinking about that and yeah. didn't know if they were legit or not. Um, <clears throat> and and we ended up. I don't know. I think through Mackie, we ended up connecting again and they were like, oh, yeah, we wanted to. to oh, no, it was because I um, they did Clive Barker's book. Um, ah, okay. imagine imagineer i think it's a series of books called imagine these really nice books and i wrote a an afterword for one of them for them mm. um and <clears throat> and for, for this for someone um in clive's camp and then they knew me from that and they knew me from the kickstarter and then i, I came we come back to them and they're like oh yeah we wanted to publish your book when you were doing the kickstarter so it was just right. absolutely like you know, how can that happen? It's one of those synchronicity kind of things. And they yeah. did this amazing job. And so, you know, part of the reason, you know, everything happened the way it should have happened was because things like that, no matter how painful it was, because it's like I was losing sleep. It was miserable. He was, was so I felt stressed. So he bad. was so, so Because so there was stressed. a lot of money and people were counting on me. And then there was a phase where, you know, only a handful of people really gave me shit. Maybe yeah, yeah. ten people at most out of nine hundred people. At I was going to say out of out of a near a thousand. That's pretty. pretty yeah, awesome. yeah, and uh, you know the people that did though were just complete assholes, and really, you know, it's like making this book come out as good as it did is like the best revenge you can get. Um, right. Really. Well, they should. I mean, Jesus, if they would have just. It's like you're already waited this long, you know, you might as yeah. well. I have Kickstarters that I back from 2012. I still don't have anything from. Uh, yeah, so it's yeah. not like, you know, it's just part of how that works. So yeah, the simple fact of, is, yeah. is if you just buckle up and you hang tight, what you get is more always from people that are reputable. Or yeah, you, that's, learn the, you learn a lesson about people who aren't reputable and you don't fucking support their shit again. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 I have to say the the, you know, the backers were. Like I said, ninety eight percent, ninety nine percent, just amazing, and it really made it, it. Aside, aside from it being a nightmare in that way, it was. <clears throat> it made me realize how amazing the fans are, you know, because right. these people are still being cool about it, and I'm still like I'm still getting in touch with people trying to figure out their current addresses. 
that was another nightmare. Kickstarter locked me out of uh, doing group DMs because the projects waited so long and I have to try and get access to that because so I'm just posting updates and being like, hey, DM me your current address because I can't just ship to what they what they sent me five years ago because half the people have moved. It's like, yeah, you, know, well, you can't just it, assume that's their correct address. So I have to get like confirmation of their current address, even if it's the same address. So hopefully some people might hear this and, and DM me or email me, but, but it's been, and then, and then it's like, you know, backer kit is supposed to be a way of simplifying delivering rewards to where you just click a button and it prints all of the labels out at once. And right. it's like, nope, <laughs> it's not going <laughs> to be easy. It's because I have to go and redo all the addresses and check everything. I had to do it one at a time, yeah. one at a time. And it's just been so tedious, but I got a system down now. Like I said, I've got over half of them delivered. And, and, and again, everyone has been so cool. So I can't thank the uh, backers enough because, you know, it just, it just shows how, how great these people are you know i always totally felt like totally so that's how i feel about my mysterian people too which i'm sure most of them were also kickbackers of the dystopia one you know mm -hmm. and i feel the same way because and in my case it's a lot less people it's only 105 people or something but i have had no one give me trouble not a single person that's you know yeah, that's amazing. And it's amazing it makes it so much easier because i mean clearly i i'm struggling to get it all done but it's getting closer and closer just like dystopia yeah and yeah. i care and i communicate and they know it and that's really all it takes is just to genuinely give a shit and then talk with people let them know what you're, yeah. what's going on you know absolutely yeah bailing is the worst thing you can possibly do yeah just not well responding. especially if, i mean and especially if regardless of anything it's just it's the wrong thing to do because it's ethically it's wrong you know you don't charge yeah, people exactly. for something and then not do it <laughs> but yeah, also, yeah it's foolish if you plan to continue to do business <laughs> yeah there's a million reasons not to do it but that that was the thing too is like uh as much as it it's again been a nightmare it, it's also like uh i think it has reinforced people's trust in me that i wouldn't leave them hanging that i would still after five years come through and do my best to you know deliver on my promise yep. and I'm, you know i'm still doing it i've got the you know i've got like rewards like the ouija board and stuff everything's packed up i still got crybabies i gotta finish there's still rewards to be uh delivered but but once I got the books, I was just like, I wanted to get those out and I'm going to have to pay extra shipping because I wanted to get the books out first mm -hmm, instead of shipping mm -hmm. them all together uh, and saving. But it's like, you know, I, I'm not going to sit on these for another six months while I finish the rewards. It's like they have to get out so people know yep. I'm not full of shit. But, well, and it's just it's God, I can't. I mean, I'm so excited just, you know, to hear the little bits and pieces from people, because, you know, when you labor over something like that for oh, that yeah, long, yeah, you become yeah. so invested in it. You just really want it to affect people and you really want I mean, you don't do that for so you can look at your own book. You do it because yeah, you, exactly. you, want, you want an audience. You want your audience. Yeah, to you want to share book. it. You want to share some a cool thing you made. And, and, yeah, and, and we've been hiding all of the, you know, these discoveries, not hiding them, but we just haven't been able to really explain right, them, share right. them. So it's so fun to be like, now I know that other people know the yeah, details, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and if I happen to have a conversation with somebody, I could, you know, yeah, because. Yeah, I mean, maybe nobody knows as much as me, but <laughs> yeah, right. But it, it, the 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 response has just been a hundred percent, thousand percent. People love it. 
people love it. People are just saying how amazing it is and worth the wait, which is all at this point, all I could ask for is that people hope that it was worth, worth the wait. And, um, you know, I, I really, I tried to over deliver just to try and make up for how long it took, but ultimately again, it was like, everything kind of worked out the way it needed to, to, because the main, um, reason i think you can say that is that the book is so good is that it just came out so good it's just so so cool so um yeah yeah so so that's the bottom line is that this you know the the other thing about how where we are in the world in society is that you know as much as i have this i have a name that's recognizable in certain circles i'm not like a super famous guy mm-hmm. um and so it's like we do these projects like the ego death show or the documentary and it's like they're just as good as something that's in mainstream consciousness as right they're, 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 the, and, and we're doing them on a shoestring but we don't get the mainstream um wider audience so it's like we're always we're creating these things that i think are as good as anything out there but like a fraction a tiny fraction of the people get to see that see it so it's so frustrating in that way but 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 you but that's not why we're doing it it's just like you want as many people as possible to see it because you're so proud of it and you want to share it and you think it's so cool and when you think something's cool especially something you created you want to share it with people and yep. so, um, you know, maybe, maybe it will eventually turn into a wider thing, hopefully. Um, but if not, it's, it's still, you know, going directly to the people that have been there all along is, is good enough for me, you know? Well, um, when you think about it, I mean, a lot of people look at these, these, these projects that, that drag out and they think of that as an impediment, but I often think of it as a more invested long-term relationship with the people that right. you're engaged yeah, that's, with. I because, guess that's, that's yeah, what I was kind of commun- getting at. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cause if you communicate with people, then really what they're getting is years of you. They're getting years right. of you telling them what's going on with the project and where you're at. And oh, I'm so sorry. And, yeah. Thank you. you, know, for yeah, you know? me. <laughs> but I mean, the reality is, is they get to, they get the, what, what Kickstarter was always about was supporting things for the, you know, so you could have the sentimental vicarious experience of doing something that you probably couldn't do on your own. And so people come together and share their resources and together we're able to make these movies and make these books mm-hmm. and make these games and make these things, these art shows, right. you know, but it's a communal effort and, it, and it's the power of all of us together that's achieving that. And I think that that's really what people are paying for is an experience. Right. They're not paying for, maybe some of them are just paying for the book and good for them. But for me, I'm in it for the experience. And I think most of our, most of the people that we engage with are, they want the experience, you know, right. that's more important. That's why they go to concerts. That's why they get together with their fan bases. And that's, that's why all that stuff happens. We go to monster Palooza. It's, you know, because people want to share this thing they love with other people that love it. Right. Know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and it's, and, 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 you know, yeah, that's what it's all about really is a, is a sense of community and, uh, um, you know, and, and who the hell would finance any of this stuff? You know, it's like, it's not, they're not mainstream <laughs> ideas really, you know, it's like, it's that if we want our own entertainment and art, then we got to finance it ourselves because no one else is going to do it for us because it doesn't make enough money in the real world. Exactly. You know? Yep. Yep. But no, it doesn't. Know. 
but that's the that's the cool thing about um, crowdfunding and and social media in that way. That's the that's sure. the good good side of it. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I know you have to leave in like two two minutes, but I do. Um, I have a really I have a quick turnaround today. Any any works. yeah any any closing statements about the project and the book? No, I just I, I guess to anybody out there that's that's listening that has it, I hope you're enjoying it. And um, anyone that that hasn't gotten it, look for an opportunity to get it. Um, and also, if anyone wants to, you should go to Goodreads.com and rate oh, and yeah. review it. Goodreads Good is owned by Amazon. It's easy to remember because, well, it's about good reading. And it's a social media platform, much like any of the others. You can make a profile. You can rate and review books. Um, and, and, you know, it's basically it's just a way to help us because you could go and rate, you know, movies on the sites that have the movies but you can't it's harder when it comes to books and so this is like the number one wheelhouse for rating books and helping those books then get better search engine optimization the more reviews we get on dystopia on on goodreads the more you know the more likes on those all that same stuff it just drives its visibility into google and then people will find it easier and that's what that's the name of the game right yeah absolutely yeah and i'm gonna uh make that page you made public too we made a dystopia page to promote oh, the cool. book and yeah i i just you know kind of realized i gotta start selling this thing and and do, do, the, do the full rollout and try and get on some other podcast to promote it and stuff well um, then keep it then everybody because I, I i helped to make this thing look look for chetzar.com forward slash dystopia with a five right <laughs> instead yeah, of yeah. an s yes 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 and i, I will make by, i'll make that page live by the time this airs so nice. So chatzar.com well, forward slash D-Y-5-T-O-P-I-A. And that is going to give you a, a, all the little tidbits and some previews of the book and some actual images of it from within. Yes. It, you know, and, and, and links to the big cartel page, which where you can buy the book. That's the only place you can get it at this point, unless people are reselling it on eBay. But right. anyway, well, good talking to you. It's great catching up. Um, yeah, man. Sorry. I had to be so quick, but it's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was uh, right to the point. So um you know, you know what you got to do. You got to say goodbye, audience. Yep. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. It's been awesome. And uh, you guys can always find me at patreon.com forward slash emails from infinity. That's E-M-A-I-L-S-F-R-O-M-I-N-F-I-N-I-T-Y. And that's where I do all my weird stuff. So support us for a buck or more a month and get the behind the scenes stuff. It's been been a blast. And I hope you all check it out and you enjoy dystopia. Yes. And I'm a backer. And uh, uh yeah, sorry, I forgot you had to do your links. I'll put that stuff in the in the um, body of the text as well. So yeah, yeah, it's cool. That's the only one I'm throwing. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, easy. Goodbye, audience. Goodbye, everyone. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you another time.